Hello there, Beard here. Handy listeners, such as you are, and welcome back uh, to an episode of Beard Pod. It's been a little while, um, I think maybe six months since we put an episode out <laughs> somehow, because we didn't do an errata episode because I was on my honeymoon, which is you know, terribly unfair of me. Um, yeah, there's no way we were going to distract you, I think, just leave you do what you're going to do. Exactly. <laughs> um, as you've already heard... Oh, you, got your, you got your visa and stuff to go to to go to the other side of the con of the world right like oh yeah that's all come through yeah it's it's let's be honest between the honeymoon getting visas to leave this country and putting out the final episodes of tales of the three cities it's been a little bit busy i won't lie yeah, yeah. you've had a bit on haven't you <laughs> yeah a little bit a little bit and that's not even including work which is a thing that apparently i still do um so you've already heard them both so by way of introduction i'm joined as ever by the ineffable mr benjamin harris hello ben how are you Hello! It's Connor impression, even though Connor's not here. Nice. And you've already heard him as well. Steve Cole impersonator, such as he is, Bryce Johnson. Hello, Bryce. <laughs> Hello. I quite like Steve Cole impersonator. That's, that's my favourite introduction I think I've ever had. Um, well, like, he keeps doing an impression of you, or at least Andrew thinks so, because, you know, there we are. I mean, um, we, we, did, we did record, uh, I recorded with Singled Out the other night mm. um, with Steve Cole, so... I think those points where Andrew was like, I don't know who's talking. I don't know what's <laughs> Just Ouija'd out. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, singled Ned. There we are. Um, singled Ned. It's also um, a dating service. <laughs> oh, yeah, very nice. Yeah, a bit like <laughs> Tinder, but, you know, just don't swipe at all. No. Uh, we're going to divide this up into two episodes, because that Stop. is how the embargo is working. So this has been previewed... A little while ago, and we've had to hold on for quite some time, but quite frankly, I'm very, very grateful to have Bryce on so we can finally talk about veteran Captain Greed. <laughs> no? It's not, it's not, not, okay. quite, not quite. No, nobody yet. cares anyway. It's all about Soma, so he wouldn't mind. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. All right, no, what we oh, do. Oh, oh, not quite yet. It's it, it's not too long. Oh. 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 Nervous oh. energy. Um, no, we are here to talk about the new game plan cards. I'm going to divide these up into two episodes. The second episode I plan on being longer than the first one, um, whereas I think it's... Because we're going to break them down and talk about them in two halves, and I think it's reasonably difficult to talk about them as a whole without referring to other ones. So this first episode, I kind of see it as almost a bit of a card read, not that that's a thing we like to do here on BeardPod, but we'll have more context in the second one so for whatever reason these cards have been divided up into odd and even numbers apart from one and two which hurts my soul quite frankly um uh, i think that i think that might actually be my fault <laughs> so today we're going to talk about the cards which cost um well not cost uh seven five three and two <laughs> Bryce, why is, what have you done to me it's because there's five fours, and admittedly, I should have just swapped the ones and twos around, but <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember because I wrote it as one article and then um, uh, like one blog post, and then I got told we were splitting it into two. 
and I just very quickly went down and like I was gonna do odds and evens, but then the four there's tons of fours and I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but there's two twos and there's two ones. What are you doing, man? Uh, I don't recall to that. I I uh, I plead the fifth on that one. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. You're massively. Is that an odd or an even number in your world? <laughs> uh, yeah, you're massively hurting my CDO, which is a lot like OCD, but in alphabetical order, like it should be. Um, right, we'll start at the top. The two big cards replacing Lone Striker and Seize the Initiative caught out of position. So starting with the player that has the initiative, both players may choose one enemy model and make a two-inch dodge with that model. This chosen model is a friendly model during this action so it's a plus seven initiative plus seven initiative modifier and a minus one influence modifier i can see this one like everyone loves a seven and it's nice to see the sevens back i had wondered would we be truncating the curve as it were a little bit but you know straight in with a seven um i imagine this one is going to have a lot of rules queries straight away and i know already it has had a lot of rules queries straight away on the media group and i think it's worthwhile just sort of focusing the very, very important word in that, which is friendly. Yes. Um, so, just to confirm, this is going to impact hunters' traps. Yep. So, if you know, if I'm playing morticians, as, as as is my want, and Ben is playing hunters and he's got traps down, and I've dodged his models, they are friendly to me, so they will set off his traps. They will indeed. That's so glorious. Be, be, be careful. Yeah. The reason, although the reason it is. They are a friendly model during that action, um, and because we we actually wanted to clear up confusion about another point, which was the first time we play tested these, mm. it was a two inch push, right? And, um, they didn't count as friendly, and then that lasted until someone in the initiative phase pushed one of the opposing models off the pitch, and we were like, "Nah, that's not really what that's intended to do." <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we no, nope, fair enough. Because so what you, you can and... be pushed off the pitch, but you can't dodge off the pitch. Yes, you can't. Oh, okay. Because friendly model, you can't. You can't voluntarily move off the pitch. Ah, uh, of course. Oh, okay, that makes uh, sense. So we basically just copied over the language from um, like lure and mm. uh, puppet master. So it's a friendly model, um, and it's a dodge rather than a push because we didn't want anyone like pushing people off the pitch because <laughs> mm. that's a bit harsh in the in the initiative phase. <laughs> Funny though. <laughs> it was. We had a good laugh about it when it happened, and then like we kind of immediately were like, "That should never actually happen." But that was funny. So. <laughs> that's that's not a thing. That shouldn't be yeah. a thing going forward. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, nice. So this is kind of replacing um, seize the initiative in a way. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think I'd refer to it as a spiritual successor. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Um, even though it's got the same stats as Lone Striker. Okay. Um, and then Risky Play, the next seven, is is in, in many ways a spiritual successor to Lone Striker, but instead of me activating a model at being at minus one tack, you get to choose one of your models at plus one tack. Yes. So, okay. obviously, it, it is indeed risky to play it, because obviously you guarantee, like, you, you're playing your seven, so you're probably, in that situation, you're probably getting first activation. But your opponent can put that plus one tack somewhere it's going to be really annoying. For instance, mm. like, because that applies to, like, it's just plus one tack for the turn. So, like, say you're going to go in and try and tackle the ball off a model, they can give that model plus one tack for, like, even the counter attack on the first activation. Yep. And stuff like that. And 
you can either do something like that or like for a model like Sledge, just having that plus one tack is super scary um, or Windle or any kind of any yep. any team that has squaddies that want to actually do stuff. Uh, like the it, the Brewers, you know, the, there isn't a Brewer player in the world that doesn't want more tack. Equally, Cooks yep. players want more tack. Um, yep. It, yeah. yeah you power your own strikers as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, any kind of snapback. Yeah, I think I think navigators are gonna. Oh, you know, you, you play that card, and navigators are like, oh, thank you. Oh. Yeah, like like fat like fathom with plus one tack is very strong. Oh, any striker with a ta- with tack five just feels yeah. worrying because all tack- of a sudden, <laughs> tack six vitriol says hello. Oh yeah, yeah no, no, <laughs> like, I don't want that. So yeah, it, it is because you're probably yeah you're going first. You're probably gonna do something impactful. Um, with that first yeah. activation, but there's a real crackback um, yeah. with it. So Lovely. What, what the, one of the kind of underlying things of these cards, one of the underlying sort of design concepts, was that we wanted to mitigate um, the impact of someone kind of permanently. Because one of the most common strategies in the game is someone setting up a model to die at the end of a turn killing it first activation next turn and thereby like guaranteeing themselves first and last activation stop giving everyone all my secret tech (laughs) (laughs) get Um, better secrets yeah Yeah, no it'd be fair i just have a seventh activation mate it works much better um yeah yeah, honor just gets to cheat that it's fine honor just yeah honor's very good but um yeah and so this like a lot of these cards are designed to sort of mitigate that impact and a lot of the opponent so if you do lose first activation, you get to hit back harder, or you have some way of mitigating that and like still getting last activation or getting more yep. resources or whatever. Yeah, no, it seems like I, I really like the look of that because it's you know I can sort of go, oh, I've got everything I want in plan for going first, and I'm going to treat X, Y, Z, and then my opponent now has more resource effectively to do stuff back. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, they, they seem kind of the very high risk. You wouldn't necessarily play them. Because the because of that, I guess I'm not going to say punishment because I don't think it fits. But I guess dilemma. So yeah. I suppose particularly for caught out of position, because if you really need that effect and you don't get initiative and your opponent dodges, you know, the wrong model, it's kind of ah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. You, you know, you have to be certain. I, I like Which... that element to it. There's you can't just throw it down. Ah, never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I like about the both sevens are. Like, because obviously the effects should be what we intended to do, and what we didn't, I think, quite get right with the last set was that the effects should get more powerful as you go, as the initiative value gets lower. Hundred percent, yeah. Um, and we, I think we did that to an extent with the previous set, but we didn't quite get it, and so we've actually pushed that to an extent on uh, to to the sort of logical conclusion of that on mm-hmm. this on these cards where playing your seven is often an advantage for your opponent yeah so it mitigates that guarantee like because usually if you're playing your seven it means you're getting first right sure um, it's just that whole sort of cool you're going first but there are now you know 11 other activations yes for which i am going to have an advantage maybe not yeah you know, not on every single one of those but yeah um, yes so yeah the, the, the kind of logical conclusion of the more powerful effects being on the lower cards is that the higher cards are actually a disadvantage. Like okay. they're an advantage to your opponent. Yeah, so that sort of hard skill versus soft skill. 
like argument yeah. within gaming of like the card may say x but i'm going to do y and like frequently the the thing that i do is more impactful than quite often what's on the card mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. moving down like, into the f- oh sorry, sorry. No, I was just saying, like, caught, caught out of possession as well. Like, um, there's actually a lot more cards in the set as well that have effects that cause both players to resolve something, mm. um, which is another one. Like, yeah, you call it a dilemma thing, and I think that's quite interesting because, yeah, like, there are a lot of these cards where, like, I can play it and I know what I want to do, but my opponent also gets to do a thing. Mm. and that might you know if you play that at the wrong moment actually you're like oh no i've ruined everything yeah you know and i think um caught out of position because one one thing certainly i've used in the past and i'm sure i'm not alone in it is using caught out is sorry is using seize the initiative to go second yeah because i have that dodge after my opponent because he or she has initiative um and i think caught out of position whilst the spiritual successor to to seize the initiative that going second to see what my opponent does first because it's two inches rather than four i think is going to be less impactful so i can't cheese the card as much as i was able to do in the past yes for sure not gonna have no impact by any stretch of the imagination but you know if i can just check my notes yes four is bigger (laughs) than four is bigger than two so yeah (laughs) but it also creates some interesting because like there's obviously some obvious plays you can do with it, like push an enemy model out of goal threat range or, yeah. or a push fighter, a fighting model out of uh, killing range. Yeah. But there's also more interesting things like push a blacksmith apprentice or dodge rather a blacksmith apprentice out of Sentinel for the first yeah. activation mm-hmm. or um, push, for instance, Thresher out of like Millstone's aura. Yep. Um, uh, there's or, there's, no, there's nothing to stop us both pushing the same model or dodging the same uh, person. No, because you both choose an enemy model. Ah, yes, so there is something to stop it. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. so hmm. there is. So, um, or oh, for instance, nice. moving moving an alchemist model, like moving vitriol outside of uh, four inches of any four model inches, that, yeah. uh, that is suffering burning, for instance. <laughs> yeah, I was just looking at it again from a football perspective. You nudge strikers in to mm. melee zones and things, so they've now yep. got to try and disengage. Yeah, one, yeah. one inch melee models are going to hate this card. <laughs> so congratulations, you're now 1.5 inches away from that model, that model, that model. Get out of this one. Well, Where? I mean, it depends on the it depends on the uh, on the one inch striker because Flint's <laughs> like, yeah, okay, where'd they go? Bye. Lols. <laughs> <laughs> um just because Connor isn't here and it would be remiss of us not to have a wider skulk moment. Um, presumably lightning reflexes isn't going to be impactful on this because it's not during the turn? Uh, I believe it is during the turn. The initiative phase is part of the turn. Oh, okay, um, cool. So yeah, you could, if you wanted, with Skulk or... Um, who's the other one? Like, uh, Knuckles, Knuckles as well. No, yeah. You could dodge Knuckles off it. So yeah, if you push my Obulus, who is an enemy model, then presumably... If uh, Skulk is within six inches, he gets a free jog towards your Obulus, who then becomes my Obulus. Yes. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. I like, so I like you, that. You use, use lightning reflexes to trigger towards your own models. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Kind of, yeah, so this this can cause a lot of kind of... I mean, chaos. it's not the most... Yeah, yeah. It's not the card that can impact the board state the most. Because there's there's one of the one of the fours coming up that that does that, but this can have a lot of impact on the game state. Yeah. Like if 
on, you know, which is super cool. Moving on then into the fives, um, and it has my second favorite named cards out of these. Um, <laughs> quite quite similar in, in, in theme, but yeah, boot sponsorship. I love it. I just love the idea of this, that sponsorship has come to the world of Guild Ball. Um, <laughs> friendly models may use gliding without spending momentum. Lovely. Like We all yep. know how useful gliding can be. We've all seen how useful like um plowman's aura is for exactly this reason um pretty straightforward gaining the use of gliding particularly impactful against teams such as hunters or morticians or fangtooth bearers um for yes. negating foul odors and the like yeah just a solid solid here's a nice card to have yep. not a massively it's... impactful rule but it's a five yeah like that and that's kind of the thing like now we're down into the kind of fives it's like these are positive, definitely positive abilities, but not super useful in every situation. And even yeah. when they are useful, it's often like, you know, like gliding for free is maybe one momentum or two momentum mm. on like important activations, you know? Yeah, they're, they're very niche, but uh, kind of when it's their niche, it's like mod slide. A couple of yeah. people are going to get caught at first because that's, you change the type for the terrain piece for both players. Yes. Mm which is another one of those chaos cards. Like, I, I yep. love the idea of... It'll probably never happen, but if there's, like, one bit of rough terrain in the a rough ground in the, like, the, near the middle of the pitch, mm. and just ev suddenly everyone has fast ground for that turn. Yep. That seems, like... That seems very fun. <laughs> <laughs> just to absolutely... Yeah, just to read the card. So, muddle slide. Choose a piece of rough ground on the pitch. The chosen terrain piece instead counts as fast grounds. Now, just to be... I can see this one having a few judge calls as well, just because... You're choosing this in the initiative phase. So anything that puts down rough ground, don't even ask the question. Just put it out of your mind. Like it doesn't yep. matter. Ratchet yep. and um, and Ferron and all of those things, they don't put their abilities down in the in the initiative phase. So don't yep. worry about it. And then things like foul odor, they are yeah. not terrain pieces. They may no. count as rough ground, but they are not themselves terrain pieces. Yes. So this is sort of harking back to the Fathom errata or for yeah. FAQ where it's literally the things that TOs have put on your pitch at the beginning of the game. That's it. Yeah, that is correct. <laughs> yeah, that's the only things that you can that you can do. And if there's no um as we're saying, if there's no rough ground on your pitch, which could happen, yeah. um, depending on how the TO set up, then this card is effectively just it's a blank five. It's a plus five. Point. Yeah. It's just a plus five. Which, you know, no bad thing. Right. It's still st statistically higher than the average of the cards. Yep, and I think um, I think one of the interesting things about this card is it it will its usefulness will change quite dramatically depending on which and on the the state of the pitch you're playing on and the setup of the terrain on the pitch you're playing mm. on. So I quite like that it's actually very hard to evaluate how useful it is because it changes on the terrain state every single game. Yep, which, which I think is, is really cool. And and how it should be, like yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. As a hunter's player, and you or when Theron first came out, and you'd approach a table, and there'd be no forests on it. You'd just be like, oh. <laughs> um, and it's I don't think once it's not that. It's you know it's in that kind of wheelhouse. And you're just like all right. Um, but then, just because there's no rough grounds on your pitch, don't throw away a five. 
you know when you draw yeah. your cards at the beginning of the game mm-hmm. like a, f- a five is a five like yes. it's still useful and when you consider there are f- there are four fours and three threes a five there is are, therefore uh, in the highest echelon of of what we're talking about yeah th- there are five fours actually oh my god what is wrong with you <laughs> <laughs> um um, the other one that I think is going to catch some people out with mod sliders, I think some people are going to be drawing cards at the start of the game, and they're going to be like, "Oh, that's a nice patch of rough terrain. I can give like for a bit for like turn two or turn three or whatever. I can give my whole team plus two move, and then their opponent's going to choose to like kick and take that side, and they're like, uh... oh. oh no, <laughs> <laughs> oh that's glorious. Oh, that that's worth changing sides just for that. If you think you're opponent, you monsters." <laughs> <laughs> Never mind this chain sides rubbish. <laughs> oh, that's glorious. Alright, moving on to the three threes. What is yep. that? Oh, good lord. Um, so this is kind of anti... Um, oh, what was it called? I've forgotten the name of them already. Um, go for the knees. So lock them down. Choose an enemy squad. Yes. Enemy squaddy, Give them minus one tack. I really love to see, you know, with uh, caught out of position and um, not caught out of position. Risky play and and this one used at the same time. Just like wrong tack everywhere. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's a plus three card. Zero initiative modifier. So yeah, being able to just go actually no. You know, your striker is now tack three or, or something yes. along those lines is not a small thing. No, and, and I can certainly see. Like, I'm not throwing this on hammer. I'm not throwing it on scalpel because they don't care. Um, but someone like no, not even fill it. I think this is going to be. I don't know, Ben. What do you reckon? It's going to be impact low tack models more than high tack. Yeah, but I can equally see kind of if that big you know Cena or Vet Cat is lined up to come piling in, just try and take the edge off a little bit if mm. you've not got a better option. Yeah. But, yeah. I suppose particularly if you're a high armor team like Smiths, yeah. then knocking off yeah. tack is much more impactful than it is, say, for farmers. Yes. Yeah, that's the thing is farmers this this is this for farmers is like uh, I guess maybe you don't hit your whole playbook. <laughs> like, You're not going to make us feel sorry for you, Bryce. Like... No, <laughs> but... it's not happening. Um, but I think I think this card is is very powerful, um, mm. particularly. But as you say, like it's it's quite matchup dependent. But yeah. when it is good, like like because even like when you say even like Vetcat, like attack eight model, mm. if he is. Say, say he's set up to come in on a model first activation, if that model's in cover and you play this card on him, suddenly he's tax six. And yeah. actually that, that, it's the stacking of... of Big change of maths. There that, yeah, like that's a huge change. Like that massively impacts how much damage and what effect he can actually have, mm. um, which I think is super cool. And obviously, yeah, like there are instances where you play it on a striker and you're like, ah, get wrecked. You're tack three now, <laughs> and suddenly tackling this ball is going to be really difficult for you. So it's why, like, I mean, we are getting down into the, you know, the threes, the twos, the ones. The these big are effects. The, yeah, these are the big effects. Like these yep. are the effects that are like, oh Jesus, this is a, a big game-changing effect. You know. Yeah, this one yeah, kind of reminds me of of Grudge Match in that it's going to be really easy to get it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going through a bit of a mortician's phase at the moment, and uh, the idea Good of, Good man. Of, of 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 having the ball on veteran graves and then tack three flint, 
It's like, come on then, <laughs> get yeah. out of this form. I'm in cover. I've got close control. Like, do yeah. you want this ball? No, can't have it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Why are you hitting yourself? Um, it's a cool head. Uh, another plus three. Um, the first time a friendly model would spend um, momentum for an action for a momentous ability, or sorry, on for an action or a momentous ability this turn, except for a shot or a snapshot, it may do so without spending momentum. This one's interesting. Um, uh, it, it's the it's so it, it's very like the um the again a sort of spiritual successor to the card in the season three set that let you use come on mate yeah, yeah. spending momentum um but obviously because the effect is more powerful because you have a, a huge amount of variability where you spend that momentum mm. the number the number has come down from a four to a three there yeah um but yeah like the number of things like you can use it for for gliding even just for bonus time if you need to yeah. bonus type first attack yeah heal yeah. the model that you're activating to use come on mate like that's still an option mm. uh a heroic like you can brewers players big fan like you can always use it to get your first heroic up without spending yeah. or a beer token or whatever so yeah like there's there's a lot you can do with this card like it gives you a lot of options it's yeah, interesting because it's it's really going to impact who you know depending on who you are because like as as a Masons player, this is either towers heroic or as we said bonus times or encourages and things like that. Mm-hmm. To to brewers, this is so much more. Like mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. is and or like Corker effectively now being able to take eight actions because um, between his influence, his beer counters. <laughs> and and now this um hunters is a really interesting one with veteran hern mhm because, because the- theoretically you could have a yeah. situation where yeah you you use uh last light on last someone light. and then they get a free character play providing that's the first time you spent momentum in the turn yeah which yeah is theoretically it's- very good i mean if nothing else he can put last light on himself and then use this to throw a spear at someone Yes. For no resources. Yes, absolutely. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) That strikes me as a good thing. So just a quick clarification. You can't use this, for example, for a snap or a snapshot. You can't use that as the momentum you have to spend, but you can use it to bonus time that kick. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because we we still didn't want um, you to go and have first activation and just be able to take a shot without interacting. So you still have to you still have to get momentum from somewhere else to uh, spend on the on the shot or snapshot. So so this could potentially save Connor Rooney at WTC next time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there are a number of cards in here that could save Connor Rooney. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate the trolling. Thank you, Streamforged. Yep. Um, Very welcome. <laughs> so yeah, like like cool heads. I think this is a really interesting one because if the the better you know your guild, the more you're probably going to get out of this, which is a good thing. Yeah, um, I think I think there's a number. I think the interesting thing is there's a number of these cards that have a lot of potential applications, and mm. I think they do get better the more you play with them and the more you play with your guild. Yeah, and you sort of see all the options. Mm. Um. Which is something that I really like about. Obviously, Scalpel is very powerful, but one of the things I really like about her is that she gets better the better you are, and the more yes. you play her, you know. Um, and I think the game plans. I like that 
I like that as well that there's not just a this card does this it's like mm. a branching, you know it's like a branching path where it's like this card can do one of five things if you're good enough to see all of those five things yeah, yeah. And what i quite like about this 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 card in particular is it has very little impact on players that have universal effects there's very little for players with legendary plays it's almost yep. like this is a a, a squaddy booster um, rather yeah. than like a captain booster, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, th- I think that's reasonable. Um, and obviously, the the other thing is a number of these cards are better or worse depending on which guild you're playing. Yeah. As yeah. well, like obviously, as you say, like for brewers, this is phenomenal. Whereas for some other guilds, you're like, ah, it's pretty good. It's I get to heal my model for free. I get know? a free. I get a free heal. Um, yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. that, that's not nothing. You know, it's never. And the thing is, it's never not going to be useful yeah but some guilds will be able to take much more advantage of it which i think is really cool mm. um aggressive defense then so this is our pl- first plus three card which gives influence back yeah um how big a factor is that sort of influence modifier into the the, the rule on the card seems like a um, place to talk about that um, generally speaking, the more powerful the effect, the more likely that the card will be a zero or a negative. Um, a, a negative yeah. Mm. Although it is worth talking about that in this set, we because one of the things, one of the bits of feedback we sort of took from the the last set was that negative influence cards kind of suck. Like yeah, yeah. you f- you feel bad for playing them. A lot of the time, particularly for lower influence guilds like blacksmiths, for instance. Mm. Um, and so, one thing we wanted to do was reduce the number of negative influence cards. So there's now we've we've seen um, caught out of position, and there's only one other one in the set. Mm. And so now, a negative influence card is proportionally like that negative influence is proportionally worse in this set than it was in the previous set. Gotcha. Because fewer cards have the negative influence. If you get me. Yeah. Um, and so, like, to look at the, the threes, I think arguably the aggressive defense is the most situational of the three abilities, and that's why it has the, the plus one uh, influence on it. Mm. Basic, basically, like, that's the kind of... Yeah, the more powerful effect, the less likely... Like, the lower the, the initiative value, and the more likely it's going to be a zero... Um, influence value but obviously once we get down into the twos and ones most almost all of those cards have um bonus influence on them because they are like that's kind of the point like the lower the the lower initiative value cards can have much more powerful uh influence and uh effect like text effects on them that makes sense so yeah aggressive defense then itself so friendly models gain poised whilst within the enemy half of the pitch this yep. is big. This is big. Like this is uh, again. We, we've used. We've sort of made comparisons to the previous set. And it makes sense to compare this one to "Won't Touch the Hair." Uh, mm-hmm. He said, "Running out of breath." Um, well, so <laughs> while "Won't Touch the Hair" gave you just a flat, here is a poised to put on a squaddy. Mm-hmm. This is um, a. It's friendly models, not just squaddies. That's big. But it's and um, when the in the enemy half of the pitch are quite situational. So mm-hmm. blacksmiths are never going to use this. Well. Uh, <laughs> For blacksmith, it's a plus one influence card. That is, <laughs> it's the highest initiative value plus one influence card. 
Yeah. So even if they don't get the text effect, it's still not awful. They still like, have the 13 influence. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas obviously for fish, like for a team like fish, for instance, like the plus one influence is nice, but usually that's just another momentous dodge. Yeah. Where they're probably going to get quite a lot of use out of the poise because they're you know fish or like shark fish anyway generally play in the opponent in the opponent's half of the pitch i think you're fine with fish teams it's pronounced poast um poast poast yes <laughs> oh my god right i'm sorry that's been a running joke on this channel for three years i'm not stopping now um has it <laughs> it has on don't touch the beards you know that thing i occasionally do um i don't remember that no no they're all they're almost immediately out of date rules wise as soon as i finished editing them uh so yeah like it's like fillet i can see getting massive advantage out of this because of course she wants to be right in your face immediately corker less so so again it's gonna have a really nice impact depending on how you use it and how you use your team on the pitch and if that encourages more people to come forward well i'm all for that as well yeah yeah i really like it kind of because i've been known to play the five striker alchemist team and <laughs> there is nothing in my half of the pitch when that's going on yeah, yeah. um again i think it was at english nats when i was um playing scather hunters and i played a warm-up game against uh oh, the on five thousand. Yeah. And kind of the entire Morticians team is in the shadow of his own goalpost as hunters, strikers come flying in. <laughs> so yeah, they, again, you know, nice aggressive play. I like the buff to that. Yeah, yeah. that's nice. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a good, good yeah, it's a good counter, good counterpoint to hunker down from the last set, mm. which yeah. was um, you got resolute in your half of the pitch. Yeah, which we, which like obviously is is a powerful effect, but it does encourage like turtling, which we yeah. don't like. Like obviously for some guilds is part of their playstyle, but we thought on the game plans like we, we wanted to encourage a more kind of proactive play style, yeah. you know. Sorry, sense. we we know you don't like turtles, ask Captain Greed. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tortoise. It's got feet, not flippers. Exactly. Um, yeah, but then the joke doesn't work on anyone. No, no, fair enough. <laughs> um he's, so... he's also like the least turtly model in the game. Or one of the few. It's not a long. would we? It's not a long list of turtles in the game either. Um, <laughs> no, unless you're playing that fellow who's got his um, Terry Pratchett conversion team. That's hilarious. Oh, Dave. That's uh, Dave. Dave Margetson actually. Steve's oh, is it? Brother. Is it Dave's? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I played against that strong box, and it's like it's the best. It's such a good conversion. I love yeah, it so much. Yeah. Tiny yeah. little elephants. Um, <laughs> Down into the twos then, because we're talking about the the odd numbers cards. What is with this? Um, never say die. Plus two um, on the initiative. Plus one on the influence. Each time a friendly model suffers the taken out condition, the friendly team gains two momentum. Oh, I don't like so, this. this <laughs> like, is, not that I, I don't like, like this. The, not that I don't <laughs> like the design. I just don't want to see it. This. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the cards that I was talking about that um, benefits. Uh, it, it, like both the twos actually have a kind of common, much like the fives had the common design idea mm. of in, in, interacting with terrain. The twos have the kind of common design idea of mitigating jailing. Yeah. So if your opponent is set up to kill one of your models at the top of a turn, both the twos are designed to mitigate how bad that is, basically. Okay. 
So and, let's well, make sense then. Let's bring it, bring up raw enthusiasm at the same time, which is essentially yeah. choose a friendly squaddy model um, and give them uh, the rule that we'd seen exclusively on Champ previously of put me back yes. in, coach. Um, so it's not just Masons now that can ruin Casket's legendary play. Um, it's also everyone. Yep. Uh, so yeah, like like you say, the the jailing um, has become a very very common tactic. It's not necessarily the most fun tactic because it deprives the your opponent of activations. And let's be honest, yes. activations is where the fun is. Um, so was did this come out of the the beta rules that were tested earlier on in the year where we talked about like pass activations and things along those lines? Is this just sort of um, a and in, interestingly, it's the other way around because these okay. were these were locked quite a while back and playtested quite a while back, and the mm. beta rules were actually an evolution of because jailing and the whole like if you get control, I, I feel like one of the things I I, I generally well no, I dislike it as a game developer, as a competitive player, love it. But um, is the whole like jailing a model, setting it up, killing it at the top of the turn, and just every turn you guarantee yourself first and last activation. Yeah, um, it's which, like, the yeah, triang- as- like the triangle of sadness. Like we yeah. can both agree from a game design perspective, what can we do? What what should be done to to help with this? But as when I'm playing it, I'm I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, when I'm playing, I'm like, yeah, this is a really good tactic. Like. I'm going to do this because it's optimal. Like it's an optimal play, but as a game developer, I'm like I want to reduce the impact of this because I don't think it's a fun thing to do a lot of yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, like it's like playing 40k 20 years ago, and a friend of mine rocking up with his 36 assault cannon space wolf army, and he's like, "I, I didn't write the rules." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just yeah. doing it. Like it's there. I didn't write it. You don't have that excuse, Bryce. You don't know that excuse. No, I don't. And so that's why I'm trying to I mean that's why that's also why we actually that's also why we actually tested the beta rules. Because I think reducing the impact of jailing is something I I, I really want to do for the mm. health for the health and the general quality of the game. Absolutely. Um, and so yeah, that that's why we tested the beta rules and, and this is um an attempt to to do a similar thing basically both of these cards are an attempt to to mitigate the negative effects of jailing particularly raw enthusiasm yeah it makes sense because i i forget the dystopian 1980s movie was it war games or something like that and they were like the best move is not to play Mm. um and that shouldn't be a thing like yes absolutely um and the thing with raw enthusiasm as well is it like obviously it impacts jailing, but it also is kind of like um, the card in the current set where you get to um, move. Like if a model gets taken out, you get to reallocate its influence. Yeah, yeah, yep. Because this yeah, back in the game. Yeah, back yeah, in get uh, no, get back in the game. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of. I was thinking of the other one where you get plus two move if you come on from the side of the pitch. Um, get back in there. Get back in there, yes. Sorry, yeah, they have very similar names. <laughs> um, but raw enthusiasm means that the influence that you've allocated to that model, if if you like, well, I'm going to go second, and I think this model, like, even if it's not jailed, it might die. Mm. So it means you can still allocate influence to it, and yep. your opponent then has a choice of, like, if they go in on it, they can kill it, they can get VPs, they can get momentum but you're going to get to bring that model back on from the side of the pitch and it's going to get an activation and it's going to spend its influence. Yeah. So you can much more safely allocate influence to models now. 
mm. or a, a model, like whatever model you're giving this role to. It's it's interesting because when Champ came out, both Ben Connor and I have been quite high on Champ, and certainly I think it's reasonable to say that we've been higher on Champ than a lot of her initial um, mm-hmm. sort of internet response. And then there's someone who is been playing a fair amount of masons recently exclusively thank you very much um and a fair amount of champ because i really rate her because tackled momentous tackle dodge on one is a thing um like having four influence on a model and it dying and you effectively getting a free reposition and then still having four influence on her is better than you think it is like Mm -hmm. being able to use your your opponent's score as a resource Yes, um, is a thing to be considered. I'm not saying just throw her in willy nilly, but give her a crack. And especially with this card as well, you can sort of experience how useful that can be. I think a lot of people undervalued that rule yeah. when they first saw it because it is it's incredible. Mm. Like it is one of the best rules in the game. I think honestly, um, and I think a lot of people undervalued it on Champ when they first yeah. saw her. Um, no, I, I was playing a, a, a guy locally and he had he was playing with his union team he had his benediction in cover with you know all the rules up hiding the ball and I had champ nearby he went in with decimating Kilda and he's like cool there we go that's that threat, threat dealt with and then champ just came back on again yeah. and he's like huh alright I've gotten some momentum and some VP out of it but you're still threatening the ball yes yeah yeah it, it means the particularly the the point where it's really good is is on aggressive goal threat models. I think like Fathom mm. uh, we talked about earlier is another phenomenal model that like if your opponent if your opponent doesn't go first and kill her, then she gets to just activate and is like okay I'll probably get goal here. And if they do activate and kill her, she comes on from the side of the pitch and has a threat range of approximately a million inches. Yeah. So, she's probably still a threat on the ball wherever she goes and like like champ is another one like there's a, uh, there's a lot of models like that that really benefit from this rule champ obviously has it native but you can do it you can then if you're playing masons have both flint and champ yeah this rule where like if they get taken out before they activate they get to come back on bone saw uh, as well strikes me as someone that's going to really benefit from this yes absolutely uh, it's just also, if, even if you go through an entire turn without it being triggered because your opponent has had to consider it with every single activation, that's going to be a, a significant portion of their clock. Like, yes. This rule yeah. is better than you think it is. I cannot stress that enough. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, forces, it forces a lot of decisions on the opponent, which mm. is the other, the other key thing. Because, like, yeah, it just normally it's a bit of a no-brainer if there's a model on like three health that you've got knocked down or something. It's like, oh, we'll just kill it first and then we'll play out the rest of the turn. Mm. Whereas now it's not automatically a no-brainer to just do that because it's going to get to activate anyway. So like, yeah, it, it forces decisions, and I think it's a, I think it's a really interesting rule. And like, we've been spending a lot of time on raw enthusiasm, but never say die also has a, not not quite a similar effect, but if you're in that position where your opponent has a, a model set up ready to die, you're like, well, that's fine. I'm going to effectively start the turn on three momentum. Yeah. Which also, if you obviously you can spend that during the turn, but it gives you, if you don't spend it, it effectively gives you a bonus to next turn because it gives you a bonus on effectively the initiative for next turn if you just keep that momentum. 
so it, also, it helps also, you control the flow of the game a little bit more. Sure. Also, with captains like and certainly veteran rage and ox spring to mind on this. Who you know, they've popped the legendary. Chances are two things are dying. Yes. Um, but all of a sudden, I've got additional momentum for for making the heals with. So maybe only yeah. one thing is dying. Like it's 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 going to impact again more than the card says, but only if you can utilize it properly. Yeah, for sure. The other one is the other one. I think it makes it really, really hard for the opponent to think whether they want to risk taking out a mascot because yeah. they were only going to get one VP from it, but you're going to get two momentum, and you're like, yeah, okay, fine, like. In a lot of cases, you're like, I, I will happily take this trade. Yeah. Equally, if yeah. I'm going second and have the ball on a striker nowhere near anyone else, you kill someone, fine. I now have the momentum to go and shoot that goal. Yeah. And bonus yeah. timer. Mm. It's just like almost like a hyperactive um, rising anger. Yeah. Oh, yeah, nice. And, it, yeah, yeah. and it's especially good because I don't, I don't know if j- like jailing or killing rising anger models at the top of a turn is never the best plan. Mm. But if you're playing a model with rising anger, and <laughs> uh, you and you play this card, your opponent kills that model, and you're like, "Thanks, I have five momentum now." Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Lovely. Right then, we shall leave it there for the for today, and we shall come and talk more about this in two days' time. Oh my God, Becky, look at his beard. It's just so 